Hey everyone, it's Joel here. Now I'm sure you know the drill by now, but if you don't, you can catch all six of our weekend gatherings online by going to our website at soulrevivalchurch.com. And we wanted to let you know that we are really excited to see how these hard times have made us operate better as a church. We pray that many more people would know Jesus because of it. And now, let's get on with the show. Here is the Sunday morning gathering at Yarrawarra. I'm just going to ask Lauren if she can uh, click on the, if you go down the bottom, there's a little blue video type camera for Zoom, and we're going to see if we can Zoom in Karen's cell. Hey, there you are. Hey, Karen, hey, how are you going? Hey, hello. You're awesome. Hi, everyone. Good to see you. How's, how's things? Oh, fine, fine. We're, yeah, we're doing okay in our little unit down here. Yeah, so down here, you're, you're not isolated in the Shire. You're isolated like all the in, way down in Wollongong. Yeah. in Wollongong, that's right. So is isolation uh, just as bad down there as it is up here? <laughs> oh, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's bad everywhere. Um, yeah, I mean, we've been out a few times to, you know, go and get those essential items. Uh, and there are definitely people around. But, um, yeah, everyone's, everyone's generally doing the right thing and practicing social distancing. So, yeah. That's fantastic, and um, and Karen at home, you're you know you're you've been working from home for the last couple of weeks. Um, yep. You've got uh, Beth studying and Anthony working from home. Yep. How's how's that going? Having three people vying for space yeah, in a small well, unit. Um, oh look, like it really, it's fine. I, I'm very thankful that I'm not homeschooling, um, like you know many people are. But it it the, it the juggle is really just for stable internet and a, a workspace. So we've had to you know go and buy couple of extra you know bits of furniture desks and a chair and you know I've got we've got an office set up in the bedroom one in the lounge room one in a study so yeah we just generally uh, work out what we're doing for the day and who's going to get what space so, yep. yeah and it, I guess it's been a bit hard to because you can't even go out on your back deck there with the the weather being a yeah. bit miserable yeah well that's right yeah we've had the balcony is you know that's a bit of a prime spot out there it's lovely but yes we've had a few times where we've had to quickly grab computers and get out of the rain so yeah oh, fair enough yep. fair enough um yep. it hasn't been any fights over spaces yet no no we're we're all pretty chilled all pretty now. chilled how um yeah. how, how are you guys finding it like how are you finding being pretty much all stuck at home the three of you yeah, it's it's sort of interesting. Like, I mean, it's on the one hand, it's lovely. We're having so many meals together that we, you know, generally in general everyday life before this, we we you know maybe had one or two dinners together in a week. But so this is this is lovely having three meals a day together. Um, so yeah, and that sort of thing is fine. I think, um, you know, the the lack of physical activity gets um, very obvious sometimes. So so um, we've had to go and purchase a PlayStation so we can play. <laughs> sports uh, digitally <laughs> so that's been interesting um, does that still yeah. qualify for, for physical activity if you're playing plays that because oh, well, right, I'm mentally, all over it I'm all over it at the moment that's yeah, mentally it does <laughs> yeah. um, you were saying just before that Anthony is, uh, is, is playing mm. tennis yeah, he's he's missing. He has a weekly tennis game with a good friend, and so they've they're together. They've gone and bought this PlayStation. They've got their headphones, and they're going to be play, playing each other. I think they've just got to work out, you know, who's who's which character. I don't know that they've done that yet. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah. Oh, look, it's, uh, you know, I guess it's tough for everybody in different ways. And it's been, I know it's been hard for us as the staff team, hasn't it? Like we've been yeah. Zooming for the last couple of weeks and it's been hard not uh, sort of being there face to face. We still try yeah. to have a few laughs here and there though. Oh, we do. We do. We do. It's still, it's still fun. I don't, it doesn't feel like work a lot of the time, but um, it, it can get frustrating though when the internet isn't stable and we've, uh, you know, had each other freeze at different times and yeah, but it's very, it's, it's you know, very thankful for this sort of technology that means we can do it though. So yeah, and it does cause for some funny moments when it does freeze yes. in awkward spots. <laughs> very funny moments. Yeah. Yes. Um, which has been fantastic. And um, I guess uh, I'm going to get you to pray for us uh, in just a moment. But just one last question: yep. uh, What what would be if you're going to um, if you're going to give some tips for how to survive? Uh, isolation what would be one tip that you would you would give that would definitely be on your list um i think well, one of the things that we've sort of talked about and tried to do is look at what what are some daily rhythms that we can build into our life that maybe we, we weren't really doing before that you know makes um i guess builds a routine around being inside all the time so yeah so we what we've done is put a little veggie garden herb garden together and just that process of you know Looking after that has been something that um, we've sort of tried to work out as a new rhythm in our family. Oh, fantastic! Because uh, it's hard, isn't it? You yeah. do get out of those rhythms. You, you yeah. S- stop putting, you know, s- you kind of spend most of the day in your pajamas and those sorts of things. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, we we don't. We've all sort of got up and got dressed. You know, not pretty casually for work, but yeah, got yeah. Up, got up and got dressed. And I think yes, trying to have that semblance of routine um, is yeah, definitely is important. Yep. Cool. Well, I'm um, I'm going to I'm going to stand up and I'm going to move and I'm going to hand over to you uh, to lead us uh, in a bit of prayer. Yep. Pleasure. Father, you alone are worthy of honour, glory, and praise. We thank you that you are always with us. That there is nowhere that we can go that's apart from you. And so, even when we're in strange times like this, where we have to socially distance ourselves from others. We know that we never need to distance ourselves from you. You're always near. You're all we need. Um, and all we need to do is to actually draw near to you. And we know that with you, we can overcome every storm, including this one, um, this COVID-19 storm. We know that you um, are all powerful and that we can endure uh, in your strength. And so, Father, we ask you to heal those who are sick and protect those who are not. We pray that you'll help us to be wise in our actions and patient with the restrictions that we face right now. Please be with us and with those around us who are feeling anxious or overwhelmed or tired right now. And please comfort us through your Holy Spirit and renew and restore us. Please fill us with the peace and hope that can only come from you. We pray also that you'll give our leaders extra wisdom as they navigate this pandemic and the economic uncertainty that it has brought to our nation and across the world. And we pray for those particularly who are in financial difficulty right now, and we ask that you provide for their needs. We pray too that you'll help us to be aware and to be generous in response to others who need our help and our support. And we pray that you'll use this strange time to actually strengthen the church, both locally and across the world. Please show us, Father, how we can support those in nations who have far less resources than we have available to us. Please use us to be a witness to those around us who don't know you, And we pray that your name will be proclaimed through our actions and through our words as we seek to serve you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Karen. Um, uh, 
it's always it's always fun zooming in with you. You're always I've noticed you're in a different uh, position to what uh, bit, I am in a different position. Yeah, I had to I had to go into the bedroom because Anthony was having too much loud fun on the PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, fair enough. Well, we're uh, we're going to do uh, the most important thing we do here at Zorro Church, and that's uh, read from the Bible. But thanks, Karen, for your prayers. I can hand over to Lauren, yeah, and she's going to do that. Pleasure. Thanks, Karen. Thanks. Bye. So today's Bible reading comes from Luke 6, verses 17 to 26. He went down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there, and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, and from the coastal region around Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by impure spirits were cured. And the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. Looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven. For that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. Well, if you want to uh, keep your Bibles open there, that would be fantastic. Uh, we're going to have a look at that passage. And uh, as we do, I'm going to pray and, uh, and we're going to have uh, a look at uh, Luke 6. Let's pray. Uh, dear gracious God, we thank you for your word and we thank you uh, for our time that we have to sing, to pray, to read your word and to meditate on your word. Father, we know that it is not how we would normally uh, like to do church. We are thankful for uh, modern technology and the ways that, uh, that are afforded to us to be able to at least uh, worship together and to do church together in this way. And so we are thankful and we pray that you will continue to uh, help us to have hearts that are full of thankfulness. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we are going to look at Luke 6. I'm going to try and get this open with one hand. Um, so as we look at Luke 6, we find that uh, this, is, this is Luke's account of the Sermon on the Mount. There's actually two accounts. There's the, the Matthew uh, 5 to 7, which is the longer account. And then we've got the Luke 6, which is what, uh, part of what uh, Lauren just read for us, uh, is a shorter account. And it starts off in very similar ways. But I actually get really excited with the little description of what is happening before we actually hear Jesus speak. I don't know if you saw it. But we actually see right there early on, in uh, actually in verse 19. Is it verse 19? No, it's a little bit further up. Where we see Jesus actually in verse 17, the very first verse read, that he went down. If we actually look a bit earlier on in uh, chapter 6, we see that Jesus has actually gone up to the hillside, to the mountains to pray, and he called his disciples to come up and to pray with him and to, to talk with him and then that he comes down from the mountain and this is when he gives this uh this this address this speech this uh this little sermon 
And as he does it, I get excited because when I hear that there is somebody of Jesus' caliber coming down out of the mountains, out of the hillside, I automatically think of uh, those sort of old Western or those movies of revolution where you see the people hiding out in the hills and in the mountains uh, as they seek to, to hide away from those who might track them down. But usually we see those outlaws and those revolutionaries, those ones who cause controversy, hiding in the hills and the mountains. And Jesus is exactly in that vein. But unlike a lot of those other people, those other outlaws or revolutionaries or those people who stirred up controversy, those people were people who, I guess, came to try and change regimes, tried to modify kingdoms and their, their rule and their reign and their laws. And they tended to do that in a way that was more fine-tuning than totally revolutionizing the way that uh, people's values and laws are set up. See, every kingdom, every, every rule, every reign has a set of values or laws, things that are, that are valued more highly than others. There are things that are valued really, really high, and they're the things that we need to achieve and, and aim for and seek. And then there are other things that are actually almost things that are, we are to avoid. That is how far down on the priority list of, of values they might be. But when Jesus comes, he doesn't come to fine-tune that value system. He actually comes to flip it on its head. He comes to, to turn it upside down. That's why here at Soul Revival Church we say that Jesus changes everything because he does. He changes everything. He changes the way that we view, of, view life now and the life to come. He changes the way we see our values and what we value highly and the things that we are to avoid. And in fact, this is what he goes on to talk about in this part that we've just had read. When Jesus comes, he comes to, to not just fine-tune these values, but to turn them upside down. And so it probably works then for us to actually start at the bottom of the passage that we just read and work our way back up because really it has been flipped. And so when Jesus actually starts, he actually starts from a new way and ends with the old way. And so we're going to start with old way as we move through this. So have a look with me uh, with your Bibles there. Uh, have a look at uh, verse 24. Now when it says, uh, but woe to you, this is uh, it's a warning. Jesus is giving a warning at this point. He's saying these are the things that are valued highly. And the warning is that if you value these things highly, that they will, they will fade away. They won't last forever. It's like trying to, to hold on to water. It just goes through your hands. And so he's warning them that if, if these are the things that we are trying to grab hold on, the things that we value most, well, then we are going to be bitterly disappointed. And so let's have a look at what he says. He says, Woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Now Jesus is, is saying that he's not having a go at rich people or ask anybody who is rich. It, all these things that he's talking about, these warnings, are about a heart a heart that values these things more highly than anything else, that is consumed in their seeking and their desiring after these things. And so when Jesus warns those who are rich, he's warning them not to be people who, 
we were at a point where they feel like they need no one else. They have everything they need. They are so wealthy. They, they feel that they are so self-sufficient that they need no one else. In fact, they do not need religion. They don't need Jesus. It is easy to think that I've, I am a good person because not only is Jesus talking about those who are materially wealthy, who have a lot of money, but he's also talking about those who feel like they are too rich in good deeds for God to ignore them. So it's a heart thing. It, Jesus isn't saying at this point that it is, it is up to us to, to do all these things so that God looks at us and goes, well, you deserve my favor. Because in all honesty, and we see this throughout Scripture and everything that Jesus teaches, everything Jesus says is that no matter what we do, no matter how good we are, we will never do enough to earn God's favor. The only way to receive that favor is through Jesus himself. And so the warning there is if we are rich, rich in material things and, and rich in, in all the good things that we do, that, we, that all we seek and all we value is the good that we do, then we, we get ourselves in a position, position where we actually devalue Jesus and his death on the cross. We actually value that less than earning money or we value that less than doing good deeds. But not only that, Jesus also says, he gives a warning. He says, woe to you who are fed now, for you will go hungry. Again, Jesus is not talking about having food on the table and eating. He's not talking about uh, working hard and earning money so that we can buy food at the shops. He's, he's not saying that if you have food to eat and your bellies are full, well then you're going to be punished or you're in trouble or any of those sorts of things. He's not saying that at all. What he's saying is that we can get to a point where we work so hard that it becomes our focus, that we, that we just want more. And we get to a point where we feel like we don't need to be given anything else because we can achieve it all ourselves. That boat, that house, that holiday, whatever it might be, those eating, eating at those fancy restaurants, having those fancy clothes, whatever it might be, these are the types of things that Jesus is pointing to. That if we value those things and we store those things up and we seek those things and, and, and do everything we can so they actually become our priority over all things, Jesus is saying that those things will fade away, that they will disappear and be no more. In fact, he goes on and says, Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. I'm going to come back to that one in just a moment. Let's just move on to the next one where he says, Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. See, Jesus here is talking about that recognition that we get when we become popular, when we seek popularity, whether that's in the workplace or at school or at uni or wherever it might be. Tell you what, uh, I can say this without a shadow of a doubt. There are a lot of pastors at the moment who will be struggling with this because here we are all becoming on, you know, we're online preachers now. This is kind of stuff that we never thought that we would do. And now we are on Facebook and on YouTube and other live streaming services that are all about likes and follows and comments and all those sorts of things. And we, we, uh, there is a temptation to chase after those things to go after those things, to, to be the most liked, the, the most popular 
church live stream. But we can also do that in our, in our workplaces. Or even just, I'm amazed that when I talk to my kids about what they want to do when they grow up, they, want to, they, they say they want to be famous YouTubers. Like, I never even thought that that was something that you could do. Like, it's amazing. But it's because there is such popularity for those, those YouTubers that that's what they want to do. They want to be popular like everybody else. But it's immensely hard to be popular to get that sort of recognition. You've got, to, you've got to do a lot of sacrificing, and sometimes it's actually sacrificing relationships. It's actually, actually quite often can come at the sacrifice of even your faith. Sometimes we have to compromise who we are to, us, to, to get that sort of achievement, to get that sort of success, that popularity. We have to become somebody that we're not. Jesus is saying, be warned. Because the way that we live now has implications on the future. In fact, when Jesus even says, this is where I want to come back to, when he says, woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. When he's saying laugh now, he's not, those, he's not talking about those who are enjoying a good laugh or have joy or enjoy a good giggle at some you know, YouTube video or, or something like that or a good joke, especially my jokes because they're amazing. They're great dad jokes, not really. Um, you know, it's not talking about people who laugh in that way. The laughter, the way that the Greek actually translate uh, laugh in this particular verse, this particular word, is, is the idea that when someone makes fun of another person, so that idea of I won, you lost, that kind of gloating is the kind of laughter that is spoken about here. That is what Jesus is getting at, saying, Woe to you who gloat now, who talk about all your success and make fun of those who don't have that success, who gloats about how amazing they are, how great their work is, or the things that they have, yet looks down and excludes those who don't have those things. It's It's that idea of looking down on other people who are not in our league. Jesus saying, woe to you. Be warned. That is not the way to live. And the reason why Jesus is saying this is that all those things that I've just mentioned are things that actually give us a reward right now. See, if, if, we, if we are rich, we can do whatever we like, can't we? Well, not whatever we like, but we can do a lot of things. We can be independent of anybody else and, and do and go where we like. When we have all the, the nice things, the boats and the holidays and the, and the food and the, the clothing and the houses and all those sorts of things, we get to enjoy them now, don't we? We get to wear them, eat them, live in them, go to those places. Even when we become popular, we enjoy that adulation, that, that, that fame, that, that applause that we get. All those things are things that we get now. Jesus is saying here that there is a warning. I don't know if you've ever seen this. I, I love these, uh, these videos. They do these little experiments. Oh, sorry, that's probably a really bad way to say this. They do these um, tests. Oh, I don't know how to put it. They get kids in a room and they video them and they give them one marshmallow. And they say, if you don't eat this marshmallow in the next five minutes, you can get a whole bag of marshmallows. 
but I'm going to leave you here by yourself and you need to not eat this marshmallow. I don't know if you've seen it. I've, they're hilarious. And it's just great seeing how inventive kids are to try and just get a little bit of it. Like some, you see there was one kid who kind of lifted up and kind of picked a bit from underneath it and kind of almost made it hollow and ate almost everything else but the outside so it looked like it was still there. Uh, another kid just kind of like put his finger on the powder and put that in his mouth. And as soon as he did that, he was gone. Other kids were just, they just didn't even try. They just ate the whole thing because they wanted to experience it now. They wanted the marshmallow now. They didn't want to wait. Even though there was a promise for something greater, they couldn't wait. They just wanted what there was now, even though there was a warning. If you eat this, you won't get what will come. But if you don't, well, then something greater will be there. And so we see Jesus saying to, to us, to the, you know, to the people on the mountainside that he spoke to, but even to us today, that our values, the things that we value, are they things of now, to give reward now, or are they things, do we value things that will actually give us a reward later? Are they things that will only last for a moment or will they be things that will go on for all eternity? Because Jesus says at the beginning of his Sermon on the Mount here, back at verse 20, he says that there is, for those who value their relationship with Jesus, who have a value on Jesus, whose hearts are consumed by him, who love him and follow him, there is a great reward waiting. Look what he says. He says, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours are the kingdom of God. Now this is a really amazing thing. Because we know that in Matthew, when Jesus says this, he says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who have a right spirit before God. So Jesus is not just talking about those who don't have things, those who are homeless or those who are poor. As Christians, we need to do all we can to look after and care for and support those in need. But the, the poor that Jesus is talking about are those who are poor in spirit, those who understand their position before God. That they don't come before God with the type of laughter that we heard before, that gloating on all the good things that they've done. But it's a heart that comes before God humbly and admits that we need his help that we cannot do this no matter how good we might be. We know that the record of wrong is, is far greater. We know in our, our heart of hearts that it is only Jesus' death and resurrection that actually makes us right before God. In fact, Jesus says, not only is this something that will come in the future, this future blessing, but it is something that it happens right now. When we become a Christian, when we put our faith in Jesus, when we understand that our, our, our poverty of our spirit, Jesus says, yours is the kingdom of God. He says, yours is, not will be. Right now, when Jesus comes in and, and flips these value systems upside down, the, the values of the, the kingdom, of the reign, of the rule of others, of this world, He's, he's doing this because he's saying no longer when we follow Jesus do we, are we are citizens of this, of this kingdom, of this place. We are citizens of heaven. We belong to a new place. And therefore we have new values. 
because we now belong to the kingdom of God. Now, while we are here on this earth, yes, there are laws and rules that we need to obey, but our values change totally. They get flipped upside down. We actually value humility, spiritual poverty before God. But not only that, but we see that Jesus says, Blessed are those who hunger now, for they will be satisfied. Those who hunger for righteousness, those who hunger for the grace of God, those who hunger for all God's goodness, we are told that we will one day be truly and utterly satisfied. That we will want nothing. We will have all that we need. But not only that, we see that those who weep will be blessed too. Blessed are those who weep now, for you will laugh. Now it's a different type of laugh. It's not the gloating type of laugh. It's the joy type of laughter that is going on here. That Even know that we will go through times where we will be rejected. In fact, that's what he says next, doesn't he? He says, blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man, because of Jesus. See, there'll be times where we will go through sickness, we'll go through difficulties, we'll go through rejection, we'll be excluded. Jesus is saying, even then, there is hope, there is blessedness, that that weeping, that that sadness will actually be turned to joy. There'll be one day, Revelation tells us that there'll be one day when every tear will be wiped from our eye. There'll be no more mourning. There'll be no more sorrow or grief. There'll be no more suffering. All those things will be wiped away. There'll only be joy and peace. What an amazing hope that we have. In fact, Jesus says, verse 23, Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is the reward in heaven. That is how their ancestors treated the prophets. Do you see that? It says, rejoice in that day and leave for joy because great is your reward in heaven. Jesus is saying that no matter what we go through, that there is hope. There is something greater to look forward to. See, the amazing thing about uh, the, all these warnings that Jesus gives, he, when he warns the people who are looking and valuing things at reward now, he, he's saying... When, you, when we do that, when we value those things, when we value richness and, and comfort and, and pleasure and, and all those things, the problem is when we value those, we actually avoid and exclude things like weakness, weakness and sadness and grief. We do everything we possibly can. We avoid it at all cost. We strive day after day to stay clear of those things. But yet Jesus gives this warning and we know full well because we are living in this moment right now when things don't go so well when there is weakness when there is sadness when there is illness when there is isolation and when we feel excluded for many of us we are in that situation right now but if we hold to the old values the ways that Jesus warns us against if we hold on to them we are left with this question the question is, what are we to do? Because all the things I put my hope and my value in have now been pulled away from me. 
They have been stripped. It is like water falling through my hands. I cannot hold on to it anymore. That is how we feel when we're in those moments, those low places. As the Bible says, when we feel like we are in the valley of the shadow of death. When we are gripped with anxiety and depression and sadness and we feel like we're going crazy because we're stuck inside. What hope do those things that reward now give us? Very little is what Jesus is saying. Because they only last for a moment. Do you know the thing about now is that it's gone. Just like that moment just then. It's no longer now, it's in the past. If we continue to look for those things that are in the now, then we continue to chase things after and after and over and over again. Jesus says there is one thing, there is one thing waiting for us. And that is this joy and peace that is in heaven. Where it will not fade, it will not rust, it will not be snatched away from us. But it is there, solid, waiting for those who trust in Jesus, those who understand their spiritual poverty, those who hunger for God's grace and his mercy, those who know what it is to feel excluded and rejected because they follow Jesus. For those who weep and go through difficulty but yet still trust in this hope that Jesus holds out. When Jesus came down from heaven, became a man and started teaching from these mountains from these hills he was seen as an outlaw as a revolutionary as a person of great controversy and today he's still seen much the same because he he warns us that these values that we have are only fleeting and he flips them upside down and it rubs against us because it goes against everything we think that is normal. Because we hear and we, we are taught that we are to, to focus on the survival of the fittest, the strongest. Only they will survive. Yet Jesus says, no, it is the survival of the weakest and the humble and those who seek out God's face. They are the ones who will survive into eternity, who will feast at that great banquet that we spoke about last week, where they'll experience joy upon joy and peace upon peace. And so I want to finish by just asking you this week, if you trust in Jesus, to keep your eyes fixed firmly on him, trust in him and the hope that he has for you, the hope that is assured, that is yours, because you belong to the kingdom of God. And if you're watching this and you don't uh, yet believe in Jesus, or you're just checking out Jesus, can I encourage you to have a think about the things that you value most? And ask yourself, how long will they last? How long will they be around for? How long will we be able to enjoy them for? 
because tonight, or this morning, sorry, that Jesus is offering you an invitation to a hope, to a great reward that will never end, it will never fade, it will always be, and it will never run out. So I encourage you to think about that. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to hand back over to Tina and Lauren to finish up our time together with our last song. Let me pray. Dear gracious God, we thank you for your son, Jesus. Father, we thank you that he didn't just come to make some fine-tuned uh, fine adjustments to our lives, but to, to flip them upside down. To do that in a way that doesn't, I guess, doesn't uh, want to uh, leave us without hope or reward, but give us great reward and great hope, both now and in the future. And Father, we pray that you would help us to set our eyes on those things. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Soul Revival Church podcast. Just a reminder, if you want to watch any of these services that we hold live, you can go to soulrevivalchurch.com and you can see all the gatherings at the top of the page. You can choose anyone you wish. It can be on Friday, Saturday or Sunday. Thanks again and one way. Music is okay by Ixon.